Hello and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast episode 90. Today, unfortunately, it's just me. Um, I want to do some more thoughts on the rune stuff. Uh, hopefully I'll have Lauren next month. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. So before I jump into the podcast today, let me go over some station news. Uh, if you want to visit my website, please feel free to do so, and you can do that at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. And if you had any email, please feel free to send it to me at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. All of that stuff you can find on the website. You can also subscribe to the RSS there so you don't miss an episode. Since it's a monthly podcast, it's easy to miss an episode. And if you wanted to check out Lore's book, please do that. It will be in the show notes, but you can just go to amazon.com and search for Stephen Oaks. And then he's got a bunch of different books there. Um, so yeah, definitely check those out. You can find my book as well, Byron Rogers Lightbringer. Uh, all that stuff's going to be in the show notes though. So that's probably the easiest way to find it. Oh, and frothnear.com is where you can get my D&D campaigns or D&D calculator in case you want that. So that was a lot, but I think that's it. Let's get into the show. Today, as I said, we are talking about Pertho, which um, in the shortest single couple of words definition means chance, luck, or fate. So we've been talking about the different runes for a while now, and this one came after I, I was, which is like the connection of the worlds. Um, and we sort of talked about how if you were doing something more esoteric this might be the thing where you really make a connection to the other worlds because it's the connection of the three worlds well this is sort of how that manifests itself in the real world some people would argue through chance you know if you were the type who's going to do some like subtle changes to yourself or do some magical act it might manifest itself through chance or what appears to be chance it's it's uh small subtle changes in the world uh but i will not go too into that because this is thoughts inspired by the runes not just explaining the runes um it just means chance luck fate so i have a lot or i have a few things to say on chance luck or fate let's go ahead and look up the rune poems, though, I always go through these. These are in the show notes as well. Sunnyway.com rune poems is what I'm using. Uh, let's see. Now, the thing about these is some rune poems have, or some runes are in all three of the rune poems. Some runes are not really in any of the rune poems, and some runes are, you know, just in one of the rune poems or whatever so each rune poem is a little different you've got some of or all of or part of the runes of the elder futhark quick aside the reason i use the elder futhark is simply because it's the oldest one we know there's nothing wrong with using the younger futhark or some other rune poem i think there's power to all of them it's just whichever one you feel most comfortable with, which for me has always been the Elder Futhark. It is my favorite, and it is what I will focus on. So, what is this? The Anglo-Saxon rune poem I'm going to read from for Perthos, and I just had it, and then I lost it. Oh, you'll also notice that they look a little different in each of them. Uh, Perthos is a source of recreation and amusement to the great when warriors sit blithely together in the banqueting hall. So again, if you look at the rune, um, 
Elder Futhark runes. I'm just going to look this up so that I have the visual representation in front of me. If you look at the rune, it can kind of look like, or I mean, some people will say it kind of looks like a, a lot bag or like a bag that you would put, in essence, dice in. Gambling has been a thing for pretty much ever. I mean, almost every culture has had some sort of gambling that they do. And that's kind of what this is. This can kind of look like, if you imagine it, the bag that you would put the lots in or some other type of gambling things. Um, and well, what did I say that this rune meant? It meant chance luck. Also fate, but we'll get into that later. So this can be, in a very simplistic reading of, reading of it, just chance. Like the chance you have when you gamble. You know, if you gamble, there's some amount of... Or there's, it's all chance. When you gamble, it's all chance. Um, so that's part of what this is about. But to say this is a rune of gambling, I think, is to not really understand what it's about. Part of it is that chance or luck. But luck is a lot bigger, I think, in Norse mythology. Because when you read about why we have good luck or bad luck, it oftentimes has to do with our ancestors. Like if our ancestors did something bad, they will pass that bad luck on to us. And then it's kind of our job, if you will, as the descendants to be good people and make good luck and make our family luck better. And conversely, if your ancestors were really good people, which we hope that most of them were, you might have better luck. Now, at first blush, you're like, that's silly. That's obviously not true. But if you think about it, it can make sense in just a very rational way. Like, let's imagine that your father was a great person and everybody in the community loved him. And then let's say he was a politician who everybody loved. And then you decide to become a politician. Well, the fact that they know that person is your father is actually going to be quite good for you. It's going to give you better luck, quote-unquote, just because they know that your father did well in politics and he had good policy, so maybe you will also do well in politics and maybe you will also have two good policies. And, of course, to reverse is if your father is a scam artist, people are less likely to trust you because they'll be like, oh, I remember her father and he was a scam artist, so I'm not going to trust her. Um, so in that very simple understanding of it, you can see that having good parents does make it easier. You know, it also gets into the thing of, like, wealth, especially in America. Um, you can start out poor and, like, raise through the ranks and become a uh, rich but what generally speaking happens is you are approximately the same socioeconomic status of your parents so if you're born to poor parents you're probably going to be poor maybe middle class if you really work hard if you're born middle class if you're lazy or if you have problems managing your money you might end up being lower middle class and if you work really hard you're probably going to wind up being upper middle class but it's unlikely that you're going to be like rich or truly upper class. So there, there is mobility. There is like financial mobility in our society. But generally speaking, it's relatively limited. We're going to move up a little bit, but not usually a lot. If you look at most business owners, 
the vast majority of rich people today had rich parents, and the vast majority of poor people today had poor parents. There's a whole political discussion to have there. I'm not having it here because this isn't the right place. But if you think about it, the point that I'm making is a lot of your fate or destiny or what you can and cannot do is actually based on your parents. And I think this rune is all about that. So if you're, and you know, if if you think about a family, what you'd really want to happen, you'd want like the mother, if the mother is middle class, let's say, you'd want her to work really, really hard and get to like upper middle class. And then her daughter will work really, really hard and get to like the very top of the middle class. And then her daughter will work really, really hard. And of course, she'll have more opportunities like better school and stuff because her mother was upper middle class. And maybe she'll get to like true upper class and into like the more powerful elites. Over time, a family can move from truly poverty to wealthy. It's extremely unlikely for an individual to move that. I'm not saying it's impossible because it's possible, but it's unlikely for... And just because someone in poverty has a lot less opportunities than someone who is rich. Like if you're a child born into a poverty family, it's going to be really hard for your parents to send you to a good school. Whereas a rich person may find that a little bit easier. So you have more opportunities. Again, it's not impossible. And people do move up the economic ladder and down sometimes. And that's good. I'm glad that they have the ability to do that. But also a lot of times it's a lot harder to move up or down a significant amount on the like socioeconomic ladder. So your parents have a lot to do with what you can do. As a parent, that puts a lot of responsibility on you. You really don't want to be irresponsible with your finances because that hurts your kids as much as it hurts you. Um, you want to work hard to give them all the opportunities that they can have, knowing that and, and the goal of every parent is, or I would think the goal of every parent is to have their kids be better than them. You know, every parent feels like they've succeeded when their kids are more intelligent, make more money, just are all around better, more successful people than them. So as parents, we really want to work hard to make sure that our kids have those opportunities to become better than us. Um, but, but this is all wrapped up in this room, this whole Perthos thing. It is a lot to do with luck, but it's also a lot to do with fate, because that's the other thing in their fate, like what things are going to work in your favor and not work in your favor. And you know, what is fate? Which is a huge question, like what is fate? Is fate something that's going to happen regardless of what you do and you have no control in it? Because that seems very um, deterministic. And, and then it's like, why try? Why, why bother trying? Because fate has said that this is going to happen. And if it's true that fate is like that, that fate is determined, then why try? Because you don't have free will. Fate is just what's going to happen. You're fated to be rich or you're fated to be poor. And why, why try? Because fate's already made the decision. But maybe that's not what fate is. Maybe fate is more like your potential, which you can choose or not choose to fulfill. There is a Greek legend, and I can't remember which one, but I know it was with the Trojan War, one of the heroes going through the Trojan War, where his fate was his fate was to die in the war. And 
What that meant is if he went to the war, then he would die a hero. That was his fate, to die a hero. And he was like, well, I don't want to die, so I'm going to stay on this island. And he stayed on the island for a bit. And if he had decided to stay on the island the whole time, he wouldn't die. His fate is something he could have chosen to fulfill. You know, you can follow your destiny. You can follow your fate. You can fulfill your fate, or maybe you don't. He ended up chasing, changing his mind. He was like, I don't want to die a coward of old age because I'm still dead, but I won't be remembered. So he went and he fought in the Trojan War and he died, but he was remembered as a hero. So he fulfilled his fate. And I think a lot of that same stuff is true with us. So if you're born with certain privileges, like um, you're intelligent because you just lucked in genetic lottery you're an intelligent person, and you have some amount of money, then that affects your fate. Maybe your fate can be to start your your own business and revolutionize the computer industry. You know, you could say Bill Gates was, and I don't know if you would or not, but you could say Bill Gates was fated to start Microsoft because he was an intelligent person. He had the ability to do it. He came from a middle-class family, so he had that kind of startup money to fall back on and you know a good home and a good upbringing and all that other stuff he didn't have to have a job while he worked on this computer thing in his spare time he had spare time not everybody has spare times so all these things come together to make it his fate if you want to say that to start microsoft and then he chooses to do it or not maybe other people had similar fates but they decided they didn't want to put the work in or they didn't want to put the time in so they didn't fulfill their fate um but maybe that's what fate is. It's like certain things are perhaps made possible by your parents, your upbringing, your surroundings, your ability. Uh, uh, for example, if you were born blind, let's say, then you couldn't drive a car. And that's not really fair, but it is the case. There are some things you can't do. Like if you're blind, you can't drive a car. So it is it is not your fate to drive a car. But if you're a person of sound body and mind maybe your fate is to one day drive a car but you could choose not to so if your fate is to drive a car you can either drive a car or not you can choose not to or you can fulfill your fate and go drive a car but if there's a reason you can't drive a car like let's say you're blind then you're not fated to drive a car at all so you know maybe i'm not fated to fly to the moon because humans don't do that so i can't do that no matter how hard i try no matter how much work i put into it i will never grow wings and fly to the moon because that is not my fate um but another person or or even myself probably not because i'm not that smart or in good health but maybe my shape my fate could be to fly to the moon in a rocket ship and you know that's something that humans can do but this whole thing of fate the way that i take it which isn't the right way to take it it's just the way i take it because uh, i do believe in fate but i also believe in free will so like how do i make sense of those i think fate what fate is talking about is two things first of all maybe no let me start over what i think fate is talking about is certain things that are possible for you to do and arguably that you should do to make yourself a better person and free will is the choices that you actually make no matter what your fate is you don't have to fulfill it 
I think that you should. And then you get into this really hard question, which I'm going to admit is a really impossible to answer. What am I fated to do? And you can't really know. You can't know that uh, that you were supposed to do this, that, or the other. You can't know you were supposed to fly to the moon and you failed at it. You can't know that you were supposed to build the next Microsoft and failed at it, but you were able to do those things. So your fate is what you're able to do, but you don't have to do it. Again, so I was fated to, I would say that I was fated to have a family. I was fated to have two kids, and now I've had two kids. At any point in time, I could have chose not to do that, but there's no, there's nothing stopping me from doing that. Like, if I couldn't have kids, then I, that would not have been my fate. That would be something that I was not fated to do. So whatever your, to me, fate is what you can do, but free will comes in in the fact that you choose to do one thing or the other. Um, and that has to do with your decisions. You know, your, you know, maybe your fate, maybe your fate can change. I guess the real big question is, if we say fate is what you can do and your free will is what you choose to do, then it seems like fate is the, the possible decisions you'll make and free will is the decisions you actually make and your fate will be narrowed as you live your life. As you actually choose one option, you cut off the other potential options, um, which is how it works. Every actual decision you make cuts off potential decisions you could have made. So then the real question with fate comes, should you? Is there a right fate and a wrong fate? Because if fate is just what you can do, then, then fine. That's a useful thing to keep in mind. We have limits. It's useful to keep in mind that we as humans have limits and some things we can do and some things we can't do and then work with the things that you can do and don't worry about the things you can't do. But I think the bigger question is, is there something we are meant to do? You know, it's this classic question. What's the meaning of life? Is there some predetermined thing that we are supposed to do? And if we do it, we, we win life. And if we don't do it, we lose life. I don't know. That's a good question. That's something to think about. I don't necessarily believe that's the case. I, I mean, I definitely don't believe that's the case. I don't think you have to do one thing or the other. But that depends on your life. I I do think that you can fail at life, though. I think that if you're just a bad person who does terrible things, and you know you you have every opportunity to be a good person, make the world a better place, but instead you decide to rob convenience stores, I think you've failed at life. I think you've missed your fate and failed. So. So I don't know exactly what the answer is. I think we're all fated to be good, upstanding citizens who make the world a better place. And I think each and every one of us can achieve that goal in some way or the other. And I think our fate is to treat our families fairly and to keep our words and, and all these other moral things. So yeah, I definitely think that we can fail. And I think there will be consequences, you know, if it's the afterlife or this life or whatever, for people who fail to meet that kind of fate. You know, if you're a terrible person, your life is going to be worse. And what's really tragic is your kid's life is going to be worse. Um, and you know, again, fate is not seen, is often not seen as a quote-unquote good thing or a 
bad thing. It's it's kind of morally neutral. And if you think about this idea that the parents' luck is inherited by the children, you can see why. If I decide to be a terrible person and start robbing convenience stores, you know, I'm going to get caught and go to jail, and then my parents aren't going to, or my kids are not going to have nearly as many opportunities as their siblings do because they don't have a father figure and also because they just don't have as much money. They can't afford to go to the better schools. That's not fair. So I don't think that like fate is fair or not fair most of the time. It's just, it's just like a way to explain how the world works. Uh, more than this is the way the world should work or this is the way the world should not work. It's like this is the way the world does actually work. Your parents' decisions affect you. Is that fair? Probably not. But that's what happens. Your parents' decisions affect you, fair or not. Another place that we see fate a lot is when you look at the lore itself, when you have the idea of Ragnarok. Ragnarok is something that is fated to happen. But if you think about fate the way I just described it, that's also something you could choose to make not happen, which leads to another thing that I talk about a lot, but I'm going to bring up again. The whole thing where Odin, the whole relationship between Odin and Ragnarok. I think oftentimes there's this idea that Odin doesn't want Ragnarok to happen and he will prevent it if he could. But again, I don't think that's actually right. I think Odin is trying to make sure that Ragnarok happens at the right time because Ragnarok is all about the world being reborn. That is something that actually needs to happen, but at the right time. And we know that all the gods, especially Odin, knows his fate. I mean, it's said many times that he knows his fate, he knows when he is going to die, but he doesn't try to stop it. If Odin didn't want to die, if that was his goal, why wouldn't he just not fight in Ragnarok at all? Well, the thing is, he knows that Ragnarok needs to happen, and he knows that though he's going to die, it's still something that needs to happen in that way. So I don't think that just because fate is... I don't think just because you are fated to do something that can be bad in the sense that it makes you die, that doesn't necessarily mean you just shouldn't do it at all. I, I really do think Odin is a good example. He understands how important it is that the world be reborn. So he's willing to let that happen, even though in a lot of ways it's bad for him because, you know, he dies. But then what happens after that? What is the afterlife of a god? Those are questions that I don't think that we as humans or mortals can really understand. So it might be something to think about, but I don't know if we're going to make a lot of progress. Um, so anyway, I think that everyone has the ability to fulfill their fate or not. And when we talk about the gods, it's a little more clear and exact. Like the gods know that they can choose to fight in Ragnarok or not. They know that if they do not fight in Ragnarok, it's not going to be good. For humans, you know, the giants are probably going to win. And, you know, if they hide somewhere and survive, 
well, it's nice they survived, I guess, but the world at large is not actually going to be reborn. It's just going to fall into stagnation. So they just they decide that they're going to embrace their fate. They're going to say, yes, this is my fate. Yes, I'm going to die, but it has to happen. It has to happen this way. And I'm going to fight to make sure it does happen. And then they do fight to make sure that it does happen. So anyway, um, there's there's a lot to think about when we talk about fate. What is fated to happen and what is not fated to happen? And what should we try to prevent and what should we not try to prevent? When you think about Ragnarok, especially, you're thinking about the world being destroyed but then reborn. It brings up some other questions like, in this day and age, we can do things like start to think about the possibility of immortality, genetic immortality, in the sense that maybe we can stop diseases, stop the body from aging. There's been some interesting research on that. We're not there yet, but we're moving in the right direction. Think about moving our brains into robot bodies. Eventually the brain will decay. Think about downloading our personalities in robot bodies. There's a whole philosophical issue there, like just transferring the brain. It's like, well, that's still you. You just have a robot body. That's less controversial, even though that is actually quite controversial, because are you your body? How much of your body is you? But if we get to the point that give us true immortality, which was downloading our consciousness in a robot, is that truly us? We don't even have the brain. And then are there two of us? Because what if you download the brain into the robot body? What happens to the person? Do you have to kill them at the same time so the soul transfers? I don't know. There's a lot of weird questions there. But there's another big question that I think often we don't think about. Are we not fated to die as humans? As humans, we are fated to die arguably. So should we try to avoid that fate? What does that do? Does that lead us to being stagnant? If we were immortal, would we even like it? Or is part of the journey of life and part of the journey of the soul to be reborn occasionally? And death is rebirth. Well, death is just death if you don't believe in an afterlife. But if you believe in an afterlife, death is a type of rebirth. You die in this world and you're reborn in the other, just like the earth dies and is reborn. Maybe that's a fate we shouldn't try to avoid. Maybe maybe we should be okay with dying. I, and I mean, not to the sense of we encourage it and jump off a roof somewhere. That's bad. But maybe we should be okay with our own mortality and say, yes, I am going to die and that's okay, instead of trying to avoid it. I think there's a real interesting question to ask yourself. If immortality was offered to you tomorrow, would you take it? Um, Because on one hand, you could live forever. That'd be great. But on the other hand, what are the spiritual consequences of that? Do you become stagnant? Do you become bored? I mean, you see it come up in science fiction where this immortal person is is mean-spirited and jaded because they've been around for so long. They've just seen everybody die or, or the futility of everything because you know everybody dies everything every society collapses do you become jaded is it bad for humans to be immortal i that's an interesting question we're fated to die i would say now we're fated to die and maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a thing we should embrace or maybe you don't want to embrace and you're like nope i'm going to be immortal interesting question to ask yourself regardless um that's a direct one where you see that the way the world is created, we're definitely supposed to die for 
biological reasons. Um, so then you ask yourself, should I fight against that or not? Because I could also see the reverse argument where somebody's like, hey, look, we all die when we're 40. We're fated to die when we're 40. Living to 80 is ridiculous, and you're going to be mean-spirited and jaded by the time you get to 80 because you see the futility of the world. Uh, maybe that's a fair argument. Maybe it's not. I think there's a difference between extending our lives and making ourselves immortal, though. I, I do think that's a distinction. But... uh you could argue that we're cheating fate by living to be 80 like we are now. I would not make that argument. I think we're just extending our lives. But I see that if you say it's okay to live to 80, why is it then not okay to be immortal? Is there a big distinction between extending your life and, and becoming immortal? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but those are all things to ask. Uh, I really do like comparing it to Ragnarok, though. I've talked about this before, but you've got like the macrocosm and the microcosm. The things that happen on the large scale, Ragnarok, the world being reborn, are oftentimes mirrored on the small scale. So if I can say it's good for the world to be destroyed and then reborn, I think it follows that it's good for the individual to be destroyed and then reborn. And I think that that is what death does and what death is for. So much stuff accumulates in a person over time, good memories and bad memories and and good things and bad things and and sometimes we just need to reset ourselves. Um I think I I think a lot of us do it on the small scale where we quote-unquote, turn over a new leaf. We're like, I want to be this kind of person, so I'm going to be this kind of person. I'm going to destroy that old self and become this new self. Uh, but that's something that's that's way bigger and forced on us when we actually die, as in we physically die, and then we're reborn into the afterlife. And yeah, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think maybe that's the thing that we're fated to do, and maybe that's a good thing. Now, will our kids live to be 200? Maybe, and maybe that's okay. Probably that's okay. But I'm not sure that we should ever be in the place where we're immortal. And sort of it doesn't matter because we never will be because eventually the sun's going to explode and we're not going to survive that. Unless we have space travel, then we would. But then eventually the universe is going to die and we're not going to survive that. You know, the cold death of the universe or however the universe dies um we're not going to survive that so maybe it's just by the nature of reality impossible to be truly immortal um but you know should we live a billion years i don't know that's a good question maybe not though anyway how much of your fate are you going to embrace and be like yes we're humans and we are meant to die and that's a good thing and how much are you going to try to avoid it and be like well no i think we should be immortal and and then run with that and yeah it's it's a good question i mean you see good and bad like in real life from both there was a big focus on immortality back in the day with alchemy and and finding a way to make yourself immortal and obviously it didn't work no one's immortal and nothing nothing that great came from it people got obsessed with it which is not healthy but then you've got the opposite thing where you have people trying to extend lives doctors and you see where medicine has gone and that's been largely a good thing not only do we live longer we live happier lives so that is like a net 
good thing. So yeah, there's definitely a balance. And there's a thing of how much we can control our fate versus how much we can't. But I do think it is healthy to be able to embrace your mortality and say, I am going to die and I'm okay with that. I I think that we need to realize that everything changes and we can't stop things from changing. We can't stop the wheel from turning or the cycle from continuing. And I don't think we should want to. And I think that's the big thing. I don't think that we should want to. And, and maybe that's kind of what fate is describing. Like there are certain things that we shouldn't, that shouldn't change. There's certain things that shouldn't change like death. That's the big one. When you talk about fate that always comes up, we are all fated to die. And maybe that's something that we shouldn't change. So anyway, I've sort of gotten off the topic. Um, and I've sort of been really rambling. So I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. We have been talking about Parthos and just my last thing. Uh, two big things that I think should be the takeaway from this. One, you inherit your parents' luck if that is magical or practical in the sense, and and practical in the sense that like your parents' actions affect you. At the very least, your parents' actions affect you. So, you know, keep that in mind. Be aware of that. And if you are parents, remember how important it is to do everything you can to give your children the best luck that they can have or give your children all the opportunities they can have. Always remember that your actions will be affecting them. Um, And then secondly, what is fate? I think that's a good question to ask. What is fate? Is it the possible is it the things you can possibly do that you choose to embrace or not and then maybe think about your own mortality are you okay with dying do you do you not want to die do you want to become immortal would it be good to be immortal um but yeah just like being okay with your own mortality are are always interesting questions so thank you everyone for listening hopefully laura will be on next month as long as our schedules work out And don't forget to check out the website, which is hugenhoff.org, H-E-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. Send us emails there, hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you, everyone. Oh, and uh, check out Amazon, Stephen Oaks for Lore's books, and then Byron Rogers Lightbringer for my own. And just look at the show notes. There's plenty of links in there. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will see you next month. Fra hell.